0: Welcome to The Human Flourishing Project. I'm your host, Alex Epstein. This is week 10, the 10th episode, which is quite exciting because I've been doing one episode a week since I recorded it. I keep remembering I recorded it on my birthday, August 1st, and it was a great birthday present because I've had, I had what, a year and a half of trying to develop this thing into some kind of form, and so it's great to be doing it every week, and it's great to get a lot of feedback. I haven't promoted it a whole lot yet, but it's still it's still great just to get emails from people and messages from people about how much it's benefiting them. So what I wanted to do, now that we're in the 10th episode, is I wanted to get some feedback from you. So today is going to be a really short episode. I may have said this in the past, but I guarantee today will be the shortest episode. And what I want to do today is two things. One is I want to ask you a set of questions that you can then email me your answers to or post them on the Facebook about the show so that I can get your input and then I want to share with you some of my reflections on how my life has been helped by doing the show and in particular things that I've learned or developed in the last ten weeks that I think may be useful to you as well. So I'm gonna start out with the questions and then I'll share some ideas about how about what I've been learning while doing the show myself. And then I'll probably repeat the questions and then we'll wrap up. So please at the end of this, I haven't charged anything yet, but if you find it valuable, I just really appreciate if you could answer the questions and just to tell you now, I'll tell you more times, but you can just email me at alex at alexepstein.com or you can post in the comments on the Facebook page. All right. So my four questions are one, what have been your three favorite episodes and why? Three favorite episodes and why? Two, what topics would you like uh, me to cover more? Three, If you could get more access to me for coaching or Q&A, what would you most want help with? And with this one, in terms of coaching or Q&A, I'm getting some really good individual questions where people seem like they'd want more feedback. And I'm just really interested in, in are there ways you want this help? No guarantees at all on my part. Uh, I I definitely want to do it in a way that's going to help me create content for a lot of people. So I, I don't I don't want to get too much into like individualized coaching, that kind of thing. But it may be possible that we could have groups or you know, some sort of Q&A sessions where I could give semi-customized guidance at least and where that could be really valuable. So just open-ended, if you get more access to me for coaching or Q&A, what would you most want help with? And then the last one is just completely open-ended. Anything else I should know to make the show more useful to you. So we're we're very early in this process. Uh, there's just a lot, a lot of ways that I could go, a lot of things I'm interested in. Everything I've talked about so far I find interesting, and I, I have some of my own thoughts about where I want to focus things in the future. But those of you who have listened, particularly if you've listened to several of the episodes, at least let alone all of them, and I know some of you have listened to all of them, uh, it would just be great to get your feedback. Uh, Dan Sullivan, I mention him pretty often, and I was having a conversation with him yesterday. He's the founder of Strategic Coach. And he just made a comment to me that his creative process he thinks of as 50% him and 50% the market. And that he just there's all sorts of insights you get and all sorts of amplifications to your original vision for something that you get once you try to make something useful to people. And you learn what works well that you didn't even realize would work, and then also what doesn't work as well that you might have thought would work. So, really, really appreciate any of your feedback. All right. So, just some quick thoughts, and these are going to be quick, about things that I've learned while doing the first nine episodes. Now, 10th episode. And this will be particularly useful, I think, if you've listened to the episodes I'm going to reference. If you haven't, maybe it still will be, but no guarantees. All right. So one is, and this is under the topic of knowledge acquisition systems, which is one of the huge topics, maybe the biggest topic that this show is about. How do we acquire real knowledge in amidst the sea of non-knowledge that we're exposed to when we're trying to get what we need to know to flourish? One thing as I've been thinking about different areas like nutrition and psychology and, and reflecting on my own experiences, uh, just one thing I, I've thought about is that validating experts is even more important than I thought. Validating experts is even more important than I thought. By which I mean, there's a, there are a lot of subtle things that I realize that I do when I'm processing people who claim to be experts and I've talked about some of them on the show, and I'll talk about more of them in the future. But I've, I've just noticed that the, the better I can get at finding out if a person is legit and really critically evaluating just everything I can about them, how they come across, do they th- do they seem authentic, how do they answer criticisms, how do they characterize their opponents, just the more I can be critical in the in the good sense at evaluating experts, the, the, the faster I can get to the very few people who are way better than the others. In most fields, there are just a few people who are way, way better than the others. And, and this is true even within schools of thought. So within any given, say, approach to nutrition, there might be one school of thought that's generally more right. Surely that's true. But even within those there are going to be some people who really get it and have thought it through, and then certain people who are much more just copycats. And it's just I I I'm not going to go into too much the details of this, but I just just wanted to share that as I'm thinking about getting real knowledge, just such a such an important part of that is how to vet experts. And if you want to know more about this or any of the other topics I raise, just highlight that to me on Facebook or via email, and that that will reinforce my desire to cover it more. All right, another one and this also goes under knowledge acquisition is that developing self-testing skills is more important than i thought. I've noticed as i've felt compelled to cover certain topics, particularly in the last several weeks i've talked about rejuvenation and relaxed productivity, a lot of what i draw upon is testing things on myself and this is the kind of thing that's often dismissed as anecdotal, and it's I think there are good reasons for that. But I, I do believe that if we can there are ways to test things on ourselves and ways to think about the results where we can come close to running controlled experiments. And to the extent we can do that, the the differences that we notice can have meaning, and we can learn things from them. So if, if you look back on just the last several episodes, I talk a lot about, my own experiences, but I think there are certain things I'm doing where there's an objectivity to that, where I'm, I'm I'm understanding certain cause and effect by looking at my experiences and then sometimes others' experiences. But I'm I'm really obsessed with how can I understand the mechanisms here? How can I understand how things fit together? And there are reasons why looking in depth at individual cases can sometimes get us more insight about how things work than just doing very broad studies. Very broad studies have certain advantages, but it can be hard to get a nuanced understanding of things, of things from very big studies. And for example, things that I feel like I've realized in communication and persuasion, those have overwhelmingly been from testing them myself and then really trying to work out systematically how does the cause effect and effect work versus say looking at some comprehensive study of all communication because it's just it's so hard to really get at the complexity of of life with some of these big studies. So self-testing is also an area where I want to develop my thinking more and help you develop your abilities more. Going to the subject of episode 3 where I talked about how to evaluate and appreciate our daily progress, how to how to change how we evaluate progress. and, and I talked about the positive focus tool that I learned again from Dan Sullivan. Uh, so listen to that if you want to know the details of that. But one thing as I've been reflecting on that is that with the daily positive focus that I do, it is very valuable to add a at least one longer term positive focus. So in positive focus every day you you record let's say 5 different victories that you have and I found that sometimes those victories I'm doing are just things specific to today which is great but then I was noticing that in certain areas of life I was still being I was still in what Dan Sullivan calls the gap too much which is the gap is where I'm evaluating myself not by how much progress I'm making, but how distant I am from like the ideal state. And for various reasons, that is a losing formula. And I noticed that, oh, there are certain longer term things that it's good to do the positive focus to track my growth in, even if they're not obvious any given day. And so, so for example, one of them might be um, how I manage my team at work. This is not something where I think I'm a master yet but I am making progress and if I really if I make a point to to mark that progress every day and appreciate it then I'm going to enjoy the process of improving long term whereas if I don't do that I may go back into the gap and and feel like oh I'm still not very good at that I'm not as good as I need to be and and that's not a formula that's going to help me it's going to make me enjoy life less now and it'll make me more it'll make me rather less motivated to improve in the future to take now another topic which is rejuvenation and that was i think week 7 i talked in that session about how it's important to refine our rejuvenation routines really think about and and just machine, you know, in the the sense of just machining something to precision, just getting that routine right. And what I found is that that even for me, I thought I had done that for myself, but that's just the gift that keeps on giving, to just think about how do I refine these rejuvenation routines in particular for minimum friction and maximum results. So for example, I have a one-wheel routine, this onewheel.com, not sponsored, unfortunately, still yet, but I, I ride my one wheel all the time. And one thing I've noticed is that at the end of my one wheel ride or in the middle of it, one thing that's really cool to do is to pick up my one wheel. And I, I have the one wheel XR, which is the biggest one with the big battery. It's about 30 pounds. And I carry that and I walk it down the stairs and I walk it up the stairs. And that's a decent little bit of exercise, gets my heart up just a little bit, gets me a little bit of exercise. And what I find is that's a really nice supplement to the one wheel experience, which is just incredible in that I'm floating through the world and it just it feels amazing. But it, it is very low exertion, I and mean, it's much easier to do than say walking. So I find that oh, if if I can add a little bit of exercise to the one wheel, that just makes that routine that much more effective in getting me fully rejuvenated. Another one that's even more significant for me is with going into the ocean. I'm obsessed with the ocean, as I'm sure I've mentioned. And what I was noticing was that when I evaluated my results from the ocean, even when I went in for five minutes, even three minutes, it was just incredible how much of of an immediate rejuvenation I'd get from it. But I noticed that sometimes, even though I'm close to the ocean, I wasn't doing it. And I realized, oh, it's because there's just a bunch of friction involved with getting on my bathing suit. And then in particular... Uh, having a wet bathing suit, and then it, it can be annoying for the bathing suit to dry. And do I change? And this might seem like, oh, you're just being a little wimp. Just get over it. But it's just this kind of thing where we wanna we wanna optimize it as much as possible. So then I started wearing a bathing suit just throughout the workday, just a dry one, and then as and having a few bathing suits. And so when I'm done, first thing I do is just dry off quickly and then put on a dry bathing suit so then I can repeat in the future. And also one thing this led to is I didn't feel the need to shower as much throughout the day. It's okay, I'm showering enough in general, but I just found that, oh, that showering would actually take a bunch of time and then I would stay in the shower longer than I would expect to and that would make the whole thing time-consuming. So now I can do it where it's easy, you know, 10 minutes in and out just going from dry to dry even though and but having that amazing feeling in there. So that's if that sounds like overkill, you're probably wrong. Because just getting it so that these things work so well for you is so important. And this relates to the next topic, which is relaxed productivity. As I I I did two sessions on that, two episodes on that, and that really made me think about the concept and actually the book of called Deep Work by Cal Newport, who's a guy I think is really, really thoughtful and insightful about all kinds of issues related to human flourishing, but certainly this issue of deep work. And I realized I'd only read a little bit of his book before, so I read the whole thing this past weekend, and I highly recommend that. I think the whole book is valuable. So if, if you like Relaxed Productivity... He has a slightly different take on it than I do. He's not so focused on the relaxed part, but right? I think it is possible to actually be very relaxed when doing deep work. But uh, just he has so much depth in there—no pun intended, really, no pun intended—and highly recommended. But what I what I noticed, particularly after reading that and thinking about it, is that I was undervaluing how important it is to batch certain types of work that aren't deep work and that I don't really enjoy to put those together as much as possible so that I can chunk out the deep work. For example, there's a lot of email correspondence that I need to do at least once a week, some of it sales related, some of it related to other things, but I find that I most of it can all be done on the same day. And so putting it all on one day I found very very helpful and that allowed me to chunk out more deep work this week and that made me able to get a lot farther on a book project that I am working on that hopefully I'll be able to announce in the next week or two. And so just optimizing for deep work isn't something I had thought of enough, but but once I've started doing it, I, I've remembered, oh, wow, this is so enjoyable. And one, one other note on deep work is that in my experience, it's really it's one of these subtle things where it's kind of like the rejuvenation thing. You want to get, you want to get the exact right routine worked out where you can just go deep, but then you don't want to, you don't want to have, you don't want to rely on that, on that perfect set of conditions to be willing to do it. So for example, if I, if I say I have a book project, the ideal thing is I free up three hours, completely undistracted phone is off away from me, et cetera, and then certain things come up. I still want to be on the premise of, okay, even if I can get just 50 minutes mostly unbroken, I'm going to do that. So I think that's there there's this kind of thing often happens where you want to identify the best conditions for success and try to engineer those, but not make those conditions into a negative by saying, well, I'm only going to, to do this kind of work if everything is perfectly set up. That is a a negative form of uh, procrastination. So in general, optimizing relaxed productivity for deep work. One other thing, and in particular because this isn't really in the book deep work, if you listen to episode seven, I would just emphasize the rejuvenation stuff I find so, so helpful for doing the kind of work I like. I realize now I am just a complete junkie for having just a totally clear, energized state of mind. And when I don't have that, I don't procrastinate with that. But I like if I need to take a nap, I'll take a nap. If I need to go to the ocean, I'll go to the ocean. But I I just have this, this feeling of I want my mind to just be totally clear and energized before I'm going in. Now, if that turns into procrastination, don't do it. But I think the more you can become a junkie for that, and the more you, you have a feel for that and a taste for that, then what you're going to be able to do is you're going to be able to just ha- have so many blocks throughout the week where you're just getting such good thinking done and so much work done. And that that's in almost all of our careers, that's really what we need to make happen at some point. Is we just need to be at our best with the most clarity, with the most energy, with the most focus, and then just and then just kick butt there. Versus just being scattered and doing a million different things. And then the last thing is with relaxed productivity, I talked about calendar comprehensiveness, just making sure that we think about what we want to do to the point where we know when we're going to do everything we really want to do. The more I've thought about that, the more I've realized this is, you should always do this on a weekly basis, but it is so much better if there's a clear long-term focus. And this is definitely an area where I've struggled. And, and just as I've been thinking about calendar comprehensiveness, I've thought, oh, wow, the m- the clearer I'm getting on my focus, the more I can confidently and happily say, okay, this is what I want to do in the next week, and this is what I don't. And this is what I want to do in the next month, and this is what I don't. And this is what I want to do in the next year, and this is what I don't. And the more that's a long-term focus, the more things can be eliminated with confidence versus the more the focus is just on the day or the week, I think the the more that things we don't really want to do, we're going to feel like we want to do them because we haven't really made those hard, long-term decisions. So think through, what do I really want to get done in the next year? And the more I think about that, the more I just become focused on one or two or three things. And then I realize, oh, wow, all that other stuff is actually crowding this out and not really helping me. So those are some of the ways so far in which just thinking about these issues, getting your feedback, really trying to apply all these ideas to my life even more, some ways in which those have helped me. So hopefully that's valuable for you. All right, just to wrap up, the questions again, send to alex at alexepstein.com or post on Facebook. What are your three favorite episodes and why? What topics would you like me to cover more? If you could get more access to me for coaching or Q&A, what would you most want help with? And anything else I should know to make the show more useful to you. All right, thank you so much for listening, for listening in general, to listening to this episode in particular. And next week, what I'm planning to do is I'm planning to do a Q&A where I answer a whole bunch of questions, so feel free to ask me questions to my email or on Facebook. I've already put a couple posts up about that, so I would welcome those questions. I'll do my best to answer as many as possible. And I will speak to everyone then. So until next week, I'm Alex Epstein. This has been the Human Flourishing Project.